What's going on, party people? It's your main man, MMA Bob Milk. I hope everybody's staying safe, staying strong, staying positive. This is recaps and news, not suspect picks, or as I like to call it, recaps and repent, where I cover news and what happened previously in the world of mixed martial arts. If you enjoy mixed martial arts, you come to the right place. I keep it short and to the point. Suspect Picks will be back, same bat time, same bat channel. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hey, yo, MMA by Milliken. It's the MMA Catfish. Man, that fucking fight between blonde Derek Bumpson and fucking DDD, the fucking colonializing fucking South African was fucking bullshit, man. How can them two, they should be fucking ashamed of themselves. Them two motherfuckers look good getting off the bus and at the end of two fucking rounds are just fucking laying on the bottom of the fucking cage, fucking hugging each other, looking like fucking heavyweights at the end of five rounds. That shit was fucking pathetic. Can you imagine either one of them facing fucking top and they're in the top 10 or at least Bumson is in the top 10. Can you imagine them fucking fighting the fucking top end of middleweight? They can't even go two fucking rounds and both of them were absolutely fucking exhausted. They should be fucking embarrassed and both of them should be cut for that fucking performance. Fuck that shit. And that of course is my homie. Y'all know his voice. Y'all recognize his voice. And make catfish. Cooking with catfish on Instagram. You gotta check them out on it. I keep I keep shouting that out more. I mean Twitter, hell. I don't even know if it's is it working? <laughs> Goodness gracious. Damn thing shut down. Apparently they closed themselves out. Ah, bums. That's South African bums, man. <laughs> uh, that's racist. I know that's racist. But yeah, Dracus is a bum. When you when you get when you get you know, the thing about it is the thing about it is I'm glad that happened. I'm glad that happened because Derek Bronson learns that it's time to go. But you see what I'm saying about the geezers? You see what I'm saying? All the geezers struggled. Jessica Him, Derek Bronson, Jessica Penne, all of the bums. Well, not the bums. All the geezers. Because they're not in that. You know, he's not a bum. Uh, well, you know. He, he was a top wrestler. You see what I'm saying about the wrestling also? You know, you see... Uh, you know, I know uh, Cyrus, uh, our homie uh, Cyrus is high on wrestling. I think he's looking more at the Dagestanis than the Americans, to be honest. But you, you see what I'm saying? Because the problem with wrestling is that when, because when, wrestling is, I want to make something crystal clear. Because it, it reminds me, I believe, what is it? Uh, one of the Gracies. I know, I know. that they're, they're like the last people I should be quoting right about now. Uh, it's a shame because, I mean, Horace Gracie, I mean, he just, he's really the one who kind of introduced me to Jiu-Jitsu to see how it was. Caesar was Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. A lot of people think it's all the same. It's not. But anyway, um, yeah, it's a shame how that family is. Well, certain members of that family is. is yeah. Anyway, but uh, I believe one of them was a Rainer. No. One of them said, you know, Jiu-Jitsu. It might have been Caesar. But, uh, you know, Jiu-Jitsu is perfect. It's the practitioner that's the problem same with wrestling these techniques a lot of these techniques are perfect it's the practitioner that's the problem but no i don't hate wrestling you know uh i don't hate it 
Yeah, I do think it's overrated, like my man Cyrus said. Uh, shout out to Cyrus King. Uh, yeah, I do. Th- I think it's because because look at look what happens. My thing about wrestling is that it takes a massive amount of cardio, more than any other discipline. Massive amount of cardio, and even with jujitsu, regardless, no matter what you're doing on planet Earth, you need good cardio. And when you don't have good cardio, everything is that much harder. Okay, um, but you see what happens when when that wrestler can't get it going, it's it, it go, everything goes start going down the toilet. But um, first and foremost, let me give you a shout out, man. Good call. Uh, like I said, it wasn't really that much of a suspect pick because Grasso had a chance to win. But look, good pick, man. You got good instincts. I told you, man. You got good instincts. I want to say thank you to everyone who listened to the previous podcast, my suspect picks for UFC 285. I'm glad that you guys liked the breakdown. Um, thank you for your questions. It's greatly appreciated. Thank you for the love on Twitter, man. I, I, you know, as long as that app is going to be around. But don't forget, catch me on Instagram. <laughs> catch me on Instagram. And you can send in questions to MMABymillican at gmail.com. Stay in contact with me if, if, you know, these damn websites do go down. I mean, nothing's impossible in business. People say, oh, it's impossible. No, it's not. Not when you have someone come in and screw it up. No, nothing's impossible, okay? Um, but 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 before I continue any further, I got two words. Count on two words for you. Y'all already know what those two words going to be. Tabitha Ricci. Lord have mercy. Lord, 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 Lord. Whew. See? You see why I watch it? See? Now, I saw her LFA. Y'all seeing it now. I saw her LFA. Now you see why I say, yeah. <laughs> you see why I watch these other promotions, man. It ain't just because of the MMA, man. Yes, indeed. LFA has a lot of, well, I mean, just, you know, let's keep it professional. Let's keep it professional. Because she's not quite age-appropriate simping, as I said on Suspect Picks. But, yes, that is a, uh, <laughs> ooh, that's a fine young woman. But good victory there. Sadly, nothing uh Nothing surprising there, but you see what I'm saying about the geezers? You know, I love me some Jessica Penny, but she's a geezer. She's a geezer. Viviana Arujo, what I was saying about that. And again, I don't. what I don't do is brag about the pickup. They're pretty good on the night. Went 11-3 on the night. Um, nothing to brag about as far as I'm concerned because when you brag about, uh, I just think it's silly to brag about the favorite. I, I do. Especially come on the timeline. Yeah, I cash. You did? Where did you? Did you really cash? Minus... 1690 said what was Bo Nickel well he went up to like that well you know all of them doing a lot of betting their numbers changed doing a lot better I think he went as because I think even uh somebody went up to him uh some oh my god Valentina Shachenko these fools put money more money on Valentina Shachenko live betting she went up to a minus 2000 oh ouch ouch pitiful <laughs> Ouch! I cashed on Alexa Grasso, baby. Woo! <laughs> yeah, buddy. Thank you, Miss Grasso. First female UFC Mexican champion. Yes, yes, yes. Also, hotness. This was a hot card. I needed a cigarette, and I don't even smoke. Do you hear me? But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you see, what I'm saying about the geezers, Viviani. Who was also hot, too. She's also a very attractive young lady. She's actually age-appropriate simping, you know. Uh, she is about the right age for that. 
Um, but yeah, you see what I'm saying about the geezers? You know, Val's not a geezer, and neither is Cyril Gunn. Pitiful performance from him. Pitiful. Uh, listen, got to give credit to Henry Cejudo. Um, John Jones. He, you know, he, he's he been talking about Henry Cejudo for a while now and training with Henry Cejudo, and he actually wanted – I don't know if Henry uh, cornered him. He actually wanted – uh, Henry um, cornering him, and I just I think Henry can make a lot of money being a uh, a coach. The fighters just run to him after seeing, and then they're you know rough start for some of his uh, students. Jean Wei Lee is one of his students, one of Henry Cejudo's students. Also, her China China uh, uh, com, uh, about to say compadre, but I don't think they're actually cool with each other. But Jonah uh, Jonan Yan. She also trained with Henry Cerullo. Now, you know, both of them, when they trained, they kind of had a rough outing, rough go of it. You know, we saw a more improved Whaley when she went against Rose, part two. And But, you know, Jan had a rough outing. She had trained with Henry before she ran to uh, yeah, a woman so boring, I can't even remember her name. Jesus. Carla Sparza. There we go. Uh, that was a rough outing for her. But we saw the Henry Cejudo training came in, you know, kicked in gear when she went up against Mackenzie Dern, who's a dangerous jiu-jitsu practitioner. Jan did her thing. She survived. Uh, good for her. I'm glad she, I'm kind of glad she beat Mackenzie Dern because you know how I feel about offensive jiu-jitsu. You know, I cannot stand it. Cannot stand it. Grasso, that's defensive jiu-jitsu. She used her jiu-jitsu offensively to score the victory, but defensively. You see how you see what I'm saying? See, def- I told y'all you, you can get out of that crucifix. And, and to be honest, that's Val. That's her bread and butter, man. You get out of that crucifix. She was done. She was, now, look, 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 look. Let me just pump the brakes. Let me just pump. Look here. Okay. Valentina Shevchenko. People saying she washed. And they talking about people, fighters that got exposed. How is Gon is going up against. If you're calling John Jones, I don't call John Jones GOAT. I don't do a GOAT list. I posted what I thought as far as if you're going to do a GOAT list, where it needs to start. Title defenses, consecutive title defenses. John Jones does not have consecutive title defenses. All right. Um, he doesn't. He was stripped of his title, not once but twice, doing his um, back and forth with Daniel Cormier. That's my issue with him. Like, popping for steroids. I mean, steroids and cocaine. I mean, it's like, dude. And we know he does get drunk. Like, come on, son. That That's, come on. Uh, my main issue with him is he got stripped. He got caught post-Usada. Who? What idiot gets caught post-Usada? That, I'm sorry. That's rank stupidity. Okay, I can't say it enough. But that's why he's not credited for consecutive, count it, consecutive title defenses. He's not on that list. And DJ Demetrius, Demetrius Johnson got a, another title at one championship. So, not only is he at the top of the list in terms of title defenses in the UFC, he also regained his belt way before John Jones. But you're not really a champion until you defend your title. So let's pump the brakes. Let's first of all, not not kind of pump the brakes. Let's celebrate the rest of this week, Grasso's victory. Um, but let's pump the brakes. I told y'all Aaron Blanchfield is going to be back of the bus. Get to the back of the bus, buddy. I told y'all she ain't getting no title shot anytime soon. You know, because Val would have won, she would have been bragging, and she would have been able to, you know, say, you know, fight whoever she wants. It's not up to the UFC. The UFC doesn't push fighters. I wish they did. 
I, man, listen, I wish they would say to fighters that, yo, you fighting this person, period. UFC doesn't do that. I know. That's what you think. And a lot of people say, well, you know, Milken, you lying. You know, you. No, no. Dana said that. Look through his press conferences. You don't watch the press conference. I don't really like watching Dana in any press conferences. I can't. I, I hate listening to him. I swear for the Lord, I can't. Because half of what he says, you know what I mean? You, can, you know. Uh, but no, he, he said that on many occasions and it's, and I can't stand it, but no, he, they don't push people. They don't force people to fight unless it's a championship situation. And even then they really don't care, but that's the ESPN thing. Cause I, you know, ESPN wants titles to headline. If you're not Connor, if you're not someone who can bring in the money, ESPN bringing the viewers, like. People like the, the Diaz brothers, especially Nate Diaz, has a huge following. So he was, they had no problem with him headlining, you know, with no title being extended. Then plus we got, we we ended up with Nate versus Ferguson. I, I loved it, you know, and I know a lot of the hardcores liked it. Uh, but you, usually if there's no title, you know, ESPN, you know, they're not all fond of that. So if it's a title, then they'll, you know, they may say something. And even with even then, you know, sadly, they're not big on women's titles. That's nothing you got to understand. They're not real big on women's titles. So if I don't want to fight, they're not going to lose sleep over it. Look at Amanda Nunes. She him and Hall about who she want to fight. They're not worrying about it. They're not much. She's not one of the million dollar fighters. Her or Val. It's just a sad reality situation. Now, Wei Lee is a different story. You know, we talking about somebody with Wei Lee, co-main. Um, and put on a good, well, you know, I want to say a good performance. She got knocked out by Rose. <laughs> she put on a good performance in the rematch. But generally speaking, um, Wei Lee brings it. She brings it. And, um, you know, you, when you are like co-main and you get to MGM Grand, uh, not MGM Grand, Madison Square Garden. When you're at, whoever fights at Madison Square Garden, they'll lean on them to go back. That's why, like, that's why I knew, like, Wei Lee, neither Wei Lee or Carlos Sparza would want to get their wish. Because Carla Spars was like, you know, at the time she's been recovered from a hand injury or something like that. And she's like, because uh, Wei Lee was like, look, why don't we fight neutral territory Abu Dhabi? Of course, Carla Spars had been, you know, I'm not, I'm not going bad mouth for her, you know what I mean? Was, goodness. She's like, no, no, you don't basically, you know, you don't tell them I'm the champ. You know, basically you don't tell me what to do. Something, something, something silly like that. It was on Twitter. You can look it up. Um. I thought it was a stupid response. Like you, because my response was like, no, you are going to do as you're told. And then the other champions are different. The other fighters are different. Now, her, no, you just got your belt. Ain't defended it. Valentina defending her title. Valentina defending her title. Amanda Nunes defended her title. Everyone defended their title. Okay? Carl Sparza can't even defend and keep her title. She, no, no, no. She's a, she was a, one exception to the rule. Like, no, no, no. You, you going to, but neither one of them got their, what they wanted. So they're a little bit different in that, no, Wei Li is nine times out of ten, they're going to try and book her for Madison Square Garden. You know, she went from being booed to being cheered. The crowd just absolutely loved her. You know what I mean? Now to dispose of with Carlos Sparza, they're going to love her even more. You hear me? Because all of us, I think collectively, we were just so tired of Carlos Sparza. We, we all didn't know what to do with ourselves. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, there are certain situations where it's like, nah, you're not going to get a choice in the matter. But we see certain fighters like Conor. Conor gets what Conor wants. You know what I mean? That's the And Dana said that. You know, Conor is going to get certain things. That's the way it is. Um, 
But yeah, there's no such thing as an Aaron Blanchfield. No, she's back of the bus. She, but my point to all that is that with now with you know like Val can fight whoever she wants. You know what I mean? There's nobody pressing without Manone. As long as Manone is out, she's the actual number one. She's the one who should be ranked number one. She should be the number one contender, not Santos. Because uh, you know, like I said, like I said. I don't know why Chukagan was ranked at number one. I have no idea why. I know y'all want to ignore the rankings. You can do it as long as you want. It's not going to work. You're a nobody. You know what I mean? UFC don't care what any of us think. Myself especially. They don't give a good goddamn what I say or think. They do go by the rankings. Whoever the fighters go by number one rankings. And Valentina can go by the rankings if she chooses to. So whoever's the number one ranked, which is Mano Firo. Yeah. <laughs> She she's going to get the pickings. Now, as long as she's injured, then, you know, the UFC tried to force Aaron up there. But Valentina's going to get her rematch. Now, I will say this. What, Valentina, I've seen her comments. Man, that is high-level arrogance. Like I said, I, I, I understand some of it because she's done a lot. She's done a lot for the sport. She's made her division better. She made force these women to up their game. That's so important. There's a lot of things she's done that she should be a little bit arrogant about, but this right here to not give Grasso any credit whatsoever. And then basically essentially think that she got robbed, even though she was subbed, she got subbed and she thinks there's some fiasco what happened toward the end of the round. And she's basically essentially going to get saved by the round. The mere fact that she's looking at, you talking about a champion who's supposed to be, have that killer mentality. Whenever a, any fighter, Whenever any fighter starts looking at winning by decision on purpose, that's usually that's when their, their career is going to go downhill. You have to go. One thing I will say about John Jones, he's trying to kill whoever's in there, period. He's trying to kill him. His ego is out of control, but his ego is in a place where he that's I always felt that he had that killer instinct. He had talent, actual true talent and that killer instinct. You know what I mean? Like I said, I would love to praise John Jones. You kidding me? I would love to talk him up. But like I said, the whole the drugs, the alcohol, the getting stripped of his title is just too much. It's just too much to ignore. But he has killer instinct. He proved that on the night versus a heavyweight. Valentina Shevchenko should never have been talking about no winning by decision. She had to fight wound up. Her, what she should have been saying is, well, you know, I got taken out. I should have took out Grasso before she took me out. That's the game. That's how it is. We're assassins in there. We're trying to take each other out. That's how she should be talking. This old winning by decision, nah. The, the, there's the chink in the armor. If you were looking for a weakness or a chink in the armor, that is it. To me, she's an excellent fighter. You know, she her weaknesses, it's, it's not about her weaknesses. It's about fighters like Alexa Grasso stepping up and doing more. You know what I mean? Doing more, expanding on what they have. Like Grasso, like I said, she had the formula. She had it. Two excellent techniques that if she improved them, which is what she did. And then another thing to keep in mind, a plan. Please. For you Aaron Blanchfield fans out there, please remember what Grasso improved. What she did you see the switching stanchion stances? Did you see Grasso switching stances out there? One cat was like, "Yeah, her, her. She went. She was orthodox and it threw Val off. No, she was switching stances on Val. Val didn't know who was coming for. Her. She didn't know which jab was going to hit her. Oh, and then Grasso did the duck under with the overhand. I was like, oh, it's beautiful. This is beautiful." 
No, no, man, look. Listen, listen. <laughs> and defensive jujitsu. Trusting her jujitsu. No, no, no. I don't have, I ain't putting no stock in no Aaron Blanchfield. She's gonna be put on ice, as I said. Keep your eyes on the upcoming, there's an upcoming fight. I said it before and I'm going to say it again. People think I'm losing my mind. They think I'm crazy. Okay. But, all right. Because at the end of the day, listen, it's a business, not a sport. I'm sorry to tell y'all. I know. It's like, no, but this is what's fair. And this is the fight they need to make. I laugh every time when someone says, this is the fight to make. I dismiss them every time. Silliness. Absurdity. This is the fight to make. No, it's not. No, it's not. You know, no, it's not. You know, Manone is a top fighter that people have been following. There are people who are casuals who know who uh, Manone, Manone, Manone. There we go. Got to get the French right. Got to get the French right. Um, but um, yeah, you know. So here's the fight you got to look out for. We have at uh, UFC. So like I said, it's a business, not a sport. Edwards, UFC 286, Edwards versus Usman 3. We have Jennifer Maya, who fought Valentina for the title, versus Casey O'Neill. I know, you like, man, Mel, can you weigh out of pocket? you way off base with this? Hear me, hear me. Young prospects. but Because let, let's face it now, people are like, hey, it's the Russell. Erin uh, Blanchfield's a new, she's the white, you know, American Habib. She is attractive. You know, not crazy, not crazy. Not, you know, she ain't no, you know, Amanda Habaz, but she's an attractive young woman. Young woman. White. Dana White loves white women, especially blondes. He has a thing for blondes. Casey O'Neill has a lot of simps, has a lot of followers. This is a big deal. Or, you know, they're kind of making Jennifer Maya out to be kind of a gatekeeper. You know, you notice certain people, there's a lot of fighters that face off against Jennifer Maya. One, they went on, you know, to being in the upper ranks. So, um, and that's another thing with Jennifer Maya. Uh, she went up against Chuk again. Chuk won again. And that's, you know, here goes Mano, Mano, and boom, she's number one seed. So, like I said, I don't know why Chuk was, but there you go. Casey O'Neill, I believe that when she beats Jennifer Maya, even though they're lower ranked, when she beats Jennifer Maya, they're going to push her the same way that they're pushing Aaron Blanchfield, and that's going to have those two collide. Or they'll be forced to collide with each other depending on who they fight next. Again, that's a big if because Jennifer Maya is very tough, and I don't know if Casey O'Neill has the weaponry enough tools to take out because that's what Maya is. She took a round from Valentina. What's Jennifer Maya? Boxing and jujitsu. I mean, she's more of a well, she's more of a, she uses her wrestling a little bit more um, offensive than uh, Grasso does, but still. And to me, Gra Grasso is just very talented off of her back. Uh, that's what I like about Grasso. See, these other cats, I don't know if they're actually tough off of their back. But anywho, um, so yeah, yeah. So like I said, it's a business, not a sport. You know, so this all, you're supposed, supposed to happen, you do this. No, no, stop. <laughs> no. Unless it can sell pay-per-views, it ain't happening. So y'all got to get past yourself. Valentina is going to get her instant rematch. Um, y'all got to deal with that. Okay. Uh, and uh, speaking of that, Valentina falls to 23 and 4. We have Grasso who improves to 16 and 3. Congratulations to her. Invicta alumni. 
You better reckon. You better recognize. You know what Amanda Nunez is? A Invicta alumni. Deal with it. Her and, uh, and of course, with Grasso, her and her girlfriend Irene Adana. Speaking of Nunez, she got to get. She got to stop this. Fight somebody. The personal fight is. Um, you see, the thing is, I, I think now they're changing the whole thing up. Oh, I lo oh, I love Grasso. Came out press conference. Oh, speaking of quick rematches too, a lot of people are like, nah, Valentina shouldn't get a, a, a automatic rematch. I'm I'm tired of the automatic rematches to be honest. I don't care. I don't care. You know, like, oh, this person then fought. Uh, it was a champion. He had seven defenses on. I don't care. I don't care. I don't like automatic. And then then the person always makes the mistake of fighting too quickly. Now, Nunez got her belt back, but a lot of times it's a problem. We saw having Wei Lee, like I said before, quick turnaround fight, lost. You know, Yohan uh, and Jim Jacek, quick turnaround fight, lost. You know, I, I just take time out, relax, calm down, figure it out. Because I doubt Valentina, the way she's getting pieced up, I doubt she would beat Grasso again. To me, she was two, two rounds. Um, both of them, to me, were two rounds apiece, and me, the fifth round would have been a determining factor. Because if they would have... Um, even if she would have lasted to the bell, or lasted to the end of the round, that was a submission attempt, a long-ass submission attempt. Like, they'll give Grasso ground control points, and that shuts down the previous takedowns that Valentina landed. Like, nah, and then Grasso had more total strikes. So, nah, I don't know what Val was talking She was delusional, delusional. So I doubt she go even if she gets her belt back, she's not going to keep it, period. It's, that's too much delusionment. And it's a shame because that is one that is still to this day, Shevchenko is one of the most well-rounded fighters to ever have been in mixed martial arts as far as uh, women go. And uh, dare I say with some men, too, like and it's a shame, you know, I mean, that ego of hers is going to be her downfall. Um, but I had another point to make. I can't remember what it was. But anyway, let me go through it. John Jones, of course, improves 27 and one. Uh, he wasn't favored in his matchup there. Gone. I got that one wrong. Uh, so, like I said, I was 11 and 3. Not bad at day at the office. I'm glad that Grasso got that pick wrong as well. You know, I don't like getting both the co main and main wrong, but I'm glad. I mean, I wish I got the main right. I don't know. Gone is, yeah, anyway. But definitely glad I got that one right. Cashed on that. Posted it on time. Like, this is a little bit changing, and then you know the thing is, I'm not. It's not bragging about it. It's to me. I had to. I had to step up. You know. I always. I keep saying on this podcast. Slide some change to the underdog. Slide some change to. The, I say that all the time, right? Well, it's time for me to put. I just felt it was time for me to put up a shut up. Because I'm always giving other people that advice. Yeah, I picked this person, but hey, just in case you want to slide some change on the underdog, and you know, I never do it. Yeah, well, I do it, but I don't tell y'all that I do it. You know, this time I had to step up. And then a lot of times I'm doing cash. So, you know, posting receipts, who cares? I had to do it digitally, you know what I mean? Put up or shut up. Uh, welterweight. Joff Neal put up a good um, good fight out of LFA, LFA as well. He, of course, uh, falls to 15-5. and five. He is in the number seven spot. Grasso, number six. You know who else fought at number six, who was in the number six fight, who fought for the title and won? I mentioned her name earlier. I'm going to mention it again. Jean Wei Lee. Yep, she's ranked at number five. She took out Tasia Torres, who was ranked at number five at the time, at number six at the time. I think Torres is around that spot now in the women's uh, strawweight rankings. Yep, Wei Lee went on, beat up Jessica Andrade, became champion, 
Grasso did the same. Nice. So I'm saying, so I'm saying. Shavkat uh, Rachmanov. But of course, we saw what happened with then the problem. The problem with the mistake in that, though. Because a lot of people say, yeah, yeah, that's what we mean. You just get that person up there like Bo Nickel or, or Aaron Blanchard. Just get them up there and let them take out the champ. Yeah, but look what happened to Sean Whaley, though. Yeah, she took out the champ. She took out Andrade. Hadn't fought, you know, look what happened when she defended the title. You know, barely beat Ioana Young Jacek that first time around. And then she lost to Rose. That's why I say, like, no, no. Do it slow. Take out the tough ones that are in your division. Then we'll see. Because what's the point of getting the belt and then you lose it and then keep losing and never get it back? Like, you know, John Wei Lee got the title because Carlos Sparza took Rose out of the equation. If that didn't happen, John Wei Lee would be stuck. So same thing with Grasso. Now, hopefully she won't be stuck, but Aaron Blanchfield might get stuck. She could beat Grasso or Valentina and get beat, brutalized by Manal and Talia Santos. You see what I'm saying? So no, no, face those two. Let's let's sort that out. Sort the, That's like skipping. That's like being in featherweight and skipping past Max. Like, no, what's the point? We know you probably, whoever it is, probably won't lose Max. No, fight Max first. Then you go. We don't, we don't, we're not trying to make Max out to be a gatekeeper. But, you know, it's just, hey, look, man, that's the way it is. Anyway. Um, I got my, my, my suspect pick on the night was, yeah, Shavkat Rachmanov to me is the real deal. To me, there was nobody exposed. Jeff, Jeff Neal is a bad dude. Okay. I said, look, hands of steel could get it done. I gave a breakdown with him. Hey, and look, he didn't do bad on the day. He didn't do bad at all. You know, it's just, Hey, that was a hilarious, uh, meme that he, um, posted too. Lightweight, we had Jalen Turner. He was my suspect pick on the night out of. So we got Shavkat at number nine. He went up against number seven. So he's going to get bumped up. Grasso will probably get. So that's nothing, too. Well, she's a champ. What am I talking about? Get, man, for the first time in God knows how long, Valentina Shachenko is actually going to be the new number one. Oh, 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 boy. So, hey, Aaron Blanchfield may, in fact, may have to face off against Valentina for that number one spot. Who knows? But no, Grasso said that she. Shashchenko should get an automatic rematch. So if the champ says that, it's supposed to happen, it's going to happen. Could you imagine if it's in Mexico and she beats Valentina again? This was, it's a business. It's a business. Oh, so speaking of that, because Grasso, back to what I was saying before, because the lovely Grasso spoke up about her homie, Irene Adana, fellow Mexican, because she spoke up about that, I think the UFC is going to scramble around because Irene Adana was originally supposed to face off against uh, Raquel Pennington in the rematch. But now I think the UFC is going to scramble around and says, nope, nope, screw that. Could you imagine? Oh, man, Irene Adana. I don't know how they're going to do that because I don't know if they will have the women headline. They should. They should have Grasso versus Val as the main and then have the co-man Irene Adana versus um Amanda Nunes. Could you imagine? Oh, Lord. But anyway, let's get back to Jalen Turner, who falls to 13 and 6 on the day. Um, like I said, I think it's Mateus Gramrot. I thought it was Mateus. I don't know. Still don't know. I ain't, you know. Like I said, I haven't been learning my doing my languages. I've been a failure as a student. K out of Cage Warriors, as I said before. Um, so... That was someone maintaining their spot in the rankings. Of course, you know how they are doing the rankings. They'll change them around, maybe move Gamrod out. However, that again, I repeat what I said last time. These two men 
part of the reason why lightweight is such a such a stacked division. And again, to me, Islam has his work ahead um, cut out for him. Jamie Pickett, no surprise there. I don't care what all happens, but it's like, come on, son, what are you doing? Cody Gabrant, I was not impressed with his performance. It's Trevin Jones. He's up there shuffling his feet, showing off. You don't shuffle your feet and show off and win by decision. He should get slapped. He should be slapped. Oh, my God. So, arrogance, cockiness, he hasn't learned. He's going to get knocked out eventually yet again. And, of course, uh, Drickus, <laughs> I'm about to say Dickus. Duplices, I should, right? At KSW, you know who else is at KSW? Uh, the Queen of Violence. She's going to be fighting soon. Uh, he improves to 19-2 and two on the day and learned his lesson. I'm so glad he got, um, you know, struggled the way he did. That cardio, you have bad cardio in a division like middleweight. Because we saw, you know, it seems like Paul Costa has bad cardio, but he, he, he digs down deep. But he will bang. The man is fearless. He is one of the most silly, absurd individuals that I've seen. I wish he would grow up, but that dude is tough. I'm telling y'all, Paul Costa, I said it before, Paul Costa, he, he's not going back down from nobody. There's no fear in that man's. And see, if he says he's going to take, he going to try, he's going to beat Boris up, I believe he would do it. Okay, and I'm, uh, man, I'm stepping to the side, popping out some popcorn. If they ever around me, boy. Yep, I mean, I'm going to stand there and watch Boris get his ass whipped by Costa. Um, Derek Bronson was in the fifth spot in the rankings, so we're going to see Drakus get moved up. So, hey, he might be getting title shots soon. Who? And you talk about an easy fight for Izzy or uh, Pieta, boy, because he no gas tank versus those two? Hell no. Mm -mm. I would train like it's a triathlon. You hear me? That would be the first thing I would get together. Uh, like I said, the ladies and the men, her boss, as I said, you hey, boy. And that, that's why I take pride in is really being able to take, you know, it's not about picking who's right. I mean, who's who's going to win. That's not really why I take pride in with the show. What I take pride in with the show is doing the breakdowns correctly. You know, nah, I wouldn't say correctly, but just doing like as much of a good breakdown as possible. So, again, I can't thank you guys enough for listening, and, and I'm glad you enjoyed the breakdowns. That's really what I what the show is for. It's not just the picks. And and like with the picks, we have – that's another – I forgot to do it on the show. I apologize to two individuals, and that is my man Joey McKenna out of Philly, baby, and Mr. B, whose question uh, I answered on this uh, episode – they post their picks. They post fight picks as well. All right. They and uh, my, my homie uh, Juice from out of Friendly Sparring Podcast, him and whoever he is, his tag team partner is on the day. They post fight picks as well earlier than I do. So you listen to look at and listen to all those individuals because um, don't just take my opinion on anything. You know, look at their opinions on, their, on other individuals. Because I love the insight, you know, and even Catfish, when he calls in, it take a chance. You know, he's, he's been doing uh, suspect picks on his own. Uh, all of them do, actually. Uh, well, well uh, not Juice so much, but uh, Mr. B, uh, he's been team, team suspect picks for a long time. Uh, Catfish is becoming team suspect pick. Joey McKenna, again, him, Joey, and Mr. B, I say all the time, they're not, you know, their picks on suspect, they're actually pretty good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah, you got to check them out. Get uh, other people's opinion. Speaking of which, if you are just starting out with your betting, if you're, look, 
Because I said this before. Catfish already knows what I'm about to say. I said this before, okay? It's, it's, not, it's not a good idea to bet and be a casual. Okay, you're like, what? I know what you're thinking. Like, okay, look, just betting on who you know, who you've been watching. Like, say, a John Jones. Okay, no problem. They're not going to fight all the time. Now, I'm not encouraging frequent buy, uh, gambling. Some fight cards like this one coming up, you take a break, you take that one off. All right. Um, even if you're going to go and bet on a handful of fighters, you need to know everything there is to know about that fighter. You heard me. If you just guess, you're going to lose money. You're going to lose money. You know, it eventually, period. And you're going to keep losing money. It is not a listen. I listen to my show. Preparation. Uh, you know, a lot of these fighters, I was just fortunate enough to w w see them when they first started. You know, I remember watching Grassover and Victor, Arena Adana also. Um, there's so many fighters that I remember, you know, watching them in LFA or CFFC or even Bellator. You have to start there. I don't, I just don't encourage, like I said, YouTube is your friend, but nine times out of 10, you'll probably have to fire up the fight pass. It will behoove you to do so. You cannot, I do not advise you to be a casual and start betting. When it comes to the popular fighters, I don't care who it is. Connor, if you ain't watch him over at Cage Wars, you need to do that. Patty, Pimplet, same thing. You can't, uh, don't bet and be a casual. You, you it's, it's be a, It'll be a financial disaster. Anyway, um, Julian Marquez, oh, uh, like I said, Amanda Habas, <laughs> they didn't want to rank her. Take, they took her off the rankings, flyweight rankings. She was on there already. And they had to nerd take her off. She improves to 12 and 3 on a day. Viviani falls to 11 and 5. That's what they get. They should have kept on the rankings. Anyway, hopefully they'll do the hopefully old Megan Anderson will do the right thing and put her in the eighth spot. Put her in Arujo's eighth spot on the flyweight rankings. Julian Marquez out of Bellator and LFA. Hmm. Falls to nine to four on a day. Pitiful. Pitiful. Versus Mark Andre Boreau, who improves to fifteen and six. He was another favorite that won. Not too many surprises on this fight card. This seemed like a Bellator fight card because belt that's how Bellator is. The favorites, for the most part, win in the contender series. They're two, actually two of the easiest to bet on. They are. Again, you can't be casual. But, man, once you get to know those fighters, man, I'm telling you, that's it's not – UFC actually isn't. You know, and, uh, you know you, like I said, you get these bizarre, weird upsets over at UFC. But, um, yeah, Bellator is pretty by the numbers for the most part. And even when there's an upset, like you pretty much know, and the numbers are good, where you make serious, you make some okay money, believe it or not. Bellator and the Contender Series, eh? Like I said, I did pretty good in the Contender Series. I don't know what was going on with Gianni the Greek. He was terrible last. Was it last year? He was horrible. I was like, God damn, man, are you watching some of these? He keep doing the numbers, and I'm like, dude, did you watch them fight? And Laura Sanko would kill it. It's too bad she can't bet. bet. She would kill it because she actually watched a lot of these people fight in their respective or prior promotions. That's why she's such a good commentator. Johnny Greek, I don't know what the hell was going on with that dude. Because he looks, he's just a numbers dude. You can't, there are so many BS numbers. Like takedown defense is, is a BS number because like Angela Hill had takedown. She had 95% takedown defense. Think about that. Angela Hill, who 
you know, the best route to defeat her is what? To take her down. Like, but at the time she had that, right? Not now, but at the time when she had that number, it was because she didn't face anybody who's going to take her down or she pieced them up and neutralized their takedowns. But it wasn't like she herself had some sort of high level takedown defense. That wasn't the case. She just never faced too many people who would take her down. That was all about. So some of those numbers, that's why I'm like, no, nah, I don't, I don't do a lot of, cause you notice if I, when I do my breakdowns, I don't do a lot of numbers because a lot of them are fraudulent. I look at who they fought. Nine times out of 10, they didn't fight anybody worth noting that would say that that percentage was accurate. When we're in Machado, Gary, also out of cage wars, he remains, he improves 11 0 on the day. Song Keenan, he almost had him, almost had him. Uh, he falls to 19 and 7. Madam Martinez, boy, what a rough 48 hours for that young man. Lord, also out of LFA. What a rough going. First, he missed weight. He misses weight. He got, of course, rightfully fined at 30%. Then he gets kicked in the family jewels, not once, but twice. Oh, my goodness, man. And still lost. <laughs> So he got only half because, you know, you get the fight bonus. They get the, their pay, the base rate plus the bonus. And he he didn't get that. He lost that. So, yeah, he just got his regular check. Yikes. And Cameron improves to 8-0. Mana falls to 10-4. and uh, Jessica Penney, age-appropriate simping. Lord, 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 I hope she retires. God. Oh, yeah, and happy selling. For Derek Bronson, thank God that was his last fight. It's a shame he went out the way that he did, but he's so arrogant, cocky and arrogant and, and ridiculous that he needed to he needed that to happen from someone who's essentially basically a Nazi the way that he talks. I'm sorry, I don't I don't hear what nobody trying to say, you know I me. Mean? You're a damn Dutch immigrant. I don't care if you born to some born in South Africa, my ass. People invaded the, Af the area. But I I'm not gonna get into all that, I'm not getting into all that that good quality win for Tabitha Ricci. She improves to 8-1. and one. My girl, Penne, falls to 14. And so, I mean, both of them are girls. Both of them are girls. Uh, Penne falls to 14-7. and seven. Time for her to retire. Uh, yeah, hey, her Instagram is always lively. So, I'm not, uh, you know, I'll see her on Instagram. She's not going to be gone totally. Also at Bantamweight, we have Fareed Basharat. He improves to uh, ten and zero on the day, and uh, Damon Blackshear sadly falls uh, to uh, twelve and five. And Luik, uh out of PFL, lightweight, and you know still two tough dudes that are in lightweight. Like that's what I'm saying, man. That division, boy. Who Islam, like I said, I can't say enough, has his work cut out for him. 16 um, the week, improves to 17 and 4 and 1. And Esteban got his O taken away. He is now 11 and 1. And uh, yeah, it's just, it was hilarious that Brian Ortega got 50. He got this jacket, his USADA jacket for 50 clean test. That's ridiculous. That is, that is high level hilariousness. And um, Henry Cejudo got his 82 total from USADA, you know, when he's Olympian, plus now being a fighter. Uh, that makes sense for Henry. I, I believe it for Henry. Derek Bronson, I believe it too. Because he, he's such a knucklehead. He, you know, he seemed like someone who, whatever the wrestlers, you know what I mean? They're wrestlers who who were probably, you know, who were tested as they were doing what they're doing their thing. 
I'm doing this prior to the actual official rankings come out. So I don't know how the rankings are actually going to turn out. Hopefully it turn out good for everybody. You know, because get Drakus up there so you can get catch a beat down from Victoria or Bobby Knuckles. Because he can't, he can't, you know, you can get this title and be champion. You got to get past Bobby Knuckles, son. And possibly Vittori. And he keeps talking about Paula Costa. I think Paula Costa will whip this kid's ass. And But definitely those three dudes, he's not getting anywhere. Jerry, Jerry Cannonier will kill this kid. So, well, you know. Um, so, he not he not going to become champ. So, if y'all don't like him, don't worry. All right. Now, I can't say it enough. Remember, you can ask questions anytime. Anytime, anytime. If they, if they don't pertain to the upcoming card, they'll be read out. Or I'll play your audio here. This is the re recaps episode. Um, and suspect picks will be played during that time. And I accept questions from you. I mean, you can want to talk, ask about comic books. Because I'm just, at first I was keeping it just strictly MMA. Because that's what the name is. Mixed Martial Arts by Milliken, by yours truly. Um, but, you know, I'm on a timeline. These damn MMA fans can't stay focused on MMA. So they're talking about pro wrestling. They're talking about comic books. Comic, and, but, you know, the comic book movies, everyone's getting into the comic book movies. So I can't even say that anymore. That's no more a nerd thing. That Everybody's watching comic book movies now. If you have questions about comic book, comic book movies, definitely let me know. Black Panther, my advice, real quick. I'm going to talk about a little bit about PFL. But before I do, listen, listen, listen. Black Panther, stay away from it. If you like it, cool. If you don't like it, I suggest you keep your mouth closed. Don't touch Black Panther. Listen, real quick, because uh, Black Panther is a comic book character. I'm going to tell you, his fan following is not just a black thing. It is not mostly black. No. Black Panther has some. Has a serious fan base. It's not a big, wide fan base. He's not. You know, he's not. He wasn't an overly popular character, but he was a character that people really respected. Like, okay, you know Black Panther shows up. All right, we know something about to jump off or something serious has happened, especially when you team up with the Avengers. But um, he has a serious fan base. If you don't know what you're talking about, you're going to get dragged quick. I'm not going to help you. Don't tag me. I'm not going to help you. Take my advice. Ask me questions or let it go. <laughs> Straight up. Let it go. Now, for those who are troubled by the Namor, because, uh, you know, I, I still haven't seen the movie. I still haven't seen it. But, I, you know, I heard, you know, people kind of complaining about Namor because, you know, it's like uh, apparently the fights. If you haven't watched the movie, I hope I'm not spoiling anything. But apparently some of the fight scenes, it was kind of one sided. Namor in the combos. That's Namor in the combos. That's Namor in the combos. This is the same dude that punched out Thanos. I mean, he... He ain't win the fight, but, you know, there's someone who's strong enough to, you know, draw blood from Thanos. So he's really, I believe that, I always believed that he was supposed to be a copy of Superman. And what Marvel did was make him water-based and Atlantean and all that kind of stuff to uh, to cover up the fact that he was really a, a copy of Superman. Because back in those days, he's an old character. He's an extremely old character. Back in those days, he... Um, you know, there was copyright. They were big on the copyright infringement, big on trademark infringement. There's a big battle between not just DC and Marvel, but DC and other entity entities and the comic book characters. They're actually, uh, while I'm talking about that, there's actually been for a long time, there has been an issue with Superman. 
Okay. Um, cause Superman, you know, DC, the big difference between DC and Marvel is that Marvel, you know, Stanley was a blessing when Stanley, cause it, it, the, the company was started, I think it was his brother was in charge or something like that. He did the characters late, you know, when he was like in his forties, I believe, uh, it was late forties, 40s. I know he was older, man. When he came up with a lot of the comic book characters that he created and he had, of course, uh, Jack Kirby with him. Uh, he and Kirby created Black Panther. They um, so Marvel benefited from having creators that they can go to who created a vast amount of characters and even story arcs, things like that. And Kirby and, and uh, Stan, he you know living as long as he did. I know his last couple of years were pretty rough for him. But him living as long as he did and being as aware mentally as he was really was a benefit to Marvel. They, listen, Marvel, they lucked out in a lot of ways. That's the problem with DC just doesn't understand. There's a lot of luck that played in the part of Marvel. They were lucky. To, there's a lot of things that, a lot of the things that happened, it was a lot of luck. They were blessed in a lot of ways, even though, they struggled as a combo care company, you know, when the bankruptcy did as a company, they struggled. So it just, I'm not surprised that they're leading right now that they're doing well because you do, you know, sometimes people do better, just companies, entities, whatever it may be, do better going through a rough patch than they would if everything was good. And I think that's the problem with DC, you know, they had the ability to buy combo characters and everything for a long period of time. They don't, their writers are vast. DC, the writers, the writers are vast. They didn't create all the characters. And not only that, some of the characters are actually rival from a rival combo company like um, Captain Marvel Shazam. So Shazam was actually called his name was actually Captain Marvel starting now. Plastic over comic book and everything. Of course, there was a big battle between Marvel and that company. And then they just went on with Shazam, especially when DC consumes Shazam. And that's another thing. That's what DC does. They buy the companies, they don't actually, Tom Warner, that's what they were doing, just buying companies, and they didn't create anything, so, and then the, the writers that did create things, like Frank, uh, Frank Miller, for instance, you know, they were barely giving credit, the Marvel did the same thing, barely giving credit, things like that, but they were just independent contractors, they would do something real quick, and then both companies would just treat them poorly, as far as I'm concerned, I was concerned, but yeah, Superman, uh, Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster are their creators and their families have been warring with DC for a long time when it comes to the getting the ownership of that character. And they even forced DC They were like, we don't want to hear you say certain names. Now, Superman, you know, it's like, look, they, they kind of tapped that on that. But like Superboy, for instance, that's actually been a problem. So I don't know if you'll ever actually see Superboy Prime make an appearance in the film universe. I mean, DC's screwing up so bad, I doubt you see much of anything, but then they try to change them, change it to Superman Prime, which the problem with that is most people think about Superman 1 million when they say Superman Prime. So it's it's confusing because Superboy Prime was such a big, impactful character. Uh, now, Marvel's version of, you know, the Century isn't the, on the same level as Superboy Prime, but, you know, you talk about a copy of Superboy Prime, it's definitely the Century. Uh, but, uh, you know, um, so yeah, if, if he apparently is going to make an appearance as well, he, he's a very powerful character. I don't know what, how Marvel's going to do that, 
But um, yeah, well, Black Panther, yeah, just um, but yeah, uh, Namor is is supposed to be a very tough, basically Superman. You know what I mean? Flies fast. He's supposed to have super speed, super. I don't know, not hearing, but he doesn't have the hearing, the heat vision, or the uh, what do you call it, the X-ray vision. But super strength, super speed, flight that Namor has. And yeah, I mean, he's he's knocked out the Hawk. Like I said, he punched out Thanos, made Thanos bleed, something that's not easy to do because usually the Hulk would get knocked out by Thanos, you know what I mean? So um, it was a sucker punch from Namor, by the way. So yeah, Na Namor, he, he's a he's an OP, he wants to say OP character, but he's a very, very tough character, you know? And the Wakandan troops are supposed to be very just insanely capable insanely uh you know advanced they're supposed to be the most dangerous army going and they actually kill the atlanteans but namor himself is yeah he is no joke no joke he's supposed you know it, the, the fight's pretty much no matter most most for the most part is usually a one-sided fight with namor coming on top no matter who it is so yeah i just had to get that out there but yeah, PFL. As you just touch on, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not big on PFL. I know a lot of people aren't big on PFL. If you if you are big on PFL, you already know what I'm about to talk about. But anyway, I just wanted to bring up, speaking of women's flyweight, because like I said, I told y'all, I told y'all, women's flyweight is going to go from sucking win to being a stacked, very, man, listen, we didn't have some good fights. At, look, Aaron Blanchfield, women's flyweight. Grasso, women's flyweight. Valentina, women's flyweight. You know, Amanda Habas is my who is my sleeper in both divisions. She said that she's going to continue going between divisions. I love to hear it. I wish Tatiana Suarez would do the same thing. But yes, I love Amanda Habas. Yes, give yourself a double opportunity because when you do stuff like that, that's what Sarone did, and and BJ Penn move between divisions. Man, that's more money. That's more opportunities. I love it. And she has the skills. She got to improve her striking though. Amanda Barr's definitely got to screw her. Yeah, she was taking too many hits from an exhausted uh, Viviani Arugia. In the third round, she was taking way too many punches to the face. Went in the fight and the face gets all bruised. I'm like, come on, Square, what are you doing? She got, kept getting hit with the jab. And she just snaps her jab. She just snaps it out. That she doesn't turn her body at all. And she has no defensive posture. Like, we see Grasso, all defense. Those little three-ounce gloves, she tries to get them in front of her face as much as possible. You hear me? Ooh, she tries to put defense, and, you know, Grasso is pausing, switching stances. Like, man, I loved it. But, yeah, the, yeah, Amanda Habash, she needs a, yeah, I would tell her, like, yeah, you got to go to a boxing gym, sweetheart. Because I don't know what the hell she's doing out there, just snapping her arms out, you know, ugh taking way too many hits so she has some things she has to work on but yeah i hope she uh, does well but yeah women's flyweight is going to be the thing so we had over at pfl they have the uh the challenger series this was week five catlin uh Kentis, Kentis, neil uh she has a workout app by the way uh bellator and victor lfa combate global Tough Series uh, 3, if I remember correctly, PFL Challenger Series this year. Helen Peralta. So, yeah, you know, I, I'm talking about this because, you know, my girl Helen Peralta out of Invicta. I wish she's been everywhere at this point. She was on tough. Team Pina. 
uh, still struggling, sadly. Still, she was brutalized by uh, Lisa Muldine, former LFA, formerly of LFA, who beat Caitlin Neal in at, uh, what was it, LFA 66, 60, 66, uh, uh, you know, getting old. Desiree Yanez defeated uh, Mara, Myra, Maria, Maria, Mazar, improving to 7-4 by Hugh D. Yanez lost to uh, Super Melly at Combate Global. Uh, Combate 51. I think Super Melly has a fight coming up too. Yanez is uh, currently on a two-fight win streak. We had Shannon Young out of Syndicate MMA from Franklin County, Virginia, who lost to uh, Sarah Alpar on Dana White's Contender Series back in 2019, beat uh, Sandra Lovato by unanimous decision. Caitlin Neal defeated Catherine. Ah, uh, man, what is her? I ain't been out. But you, you know what I'm talking about. I just, I'm struggling with the names right now. I'm kind of tired. <sighs> by UD improving to 7-4. The celebrity panel and fans voted for Yanez to get the contract. PFL does showcase and tournament fights. So I don't know how they're going to sort the whole thing out with, especially at the Caitlin, uh, well, not Caitlin, uh, Kayla Harrison losing. I don't know if she's going to get back into the tournament, but their showcase, because that's usually, that's what uh, Clarissa Shields was doing. Um, I don't know how that's going to go. I, I wish PFL would change their format around. I, I really do. But, you know, the tournament style thing, I, I, I don't like tournaments. I don't. I don't like tournament styles. Bellator has the lightweight tournament. Oh, my God. How many times am I going to do that? God damn, man. And then they got, there was a, a number of Madoff is going up against, uh, uh, what, what's the Henderson? <laughs> come on. <now. laughs> I'm like, look at this one side of that fight. I'm like, come on. Hender, Henderson, you know what? Benson, Benson in his prom would, would do well. But now, uh, but the thing is, I never really liked his style. I never liked his style, man. I'm kind of glad Pettis hopped off the gate on him and, and clocked his ass. I, I never liked this. Just like he's a he's a lot more humble now, you know. Father Time's undefeated. Father Time will humble you. That's what Father, Father Time does, Jack. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll see how that turns out. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I I like what I want is um. The tournament without saying it's the tournament, you know, like, like for the promotions to put their fighters on notice, everyone fights. If you're healthy, you fight, period. And then they basically, everything counts. Every victory counts. It's not like you just won and then that's it. That's what the UFC does for the most part. You win. Okay, we'll see. That's what I'm like. When people say, well, you know, Blanche was next, all that kind of stuff, whatever, man. That's not even how the UFC does things. It's a we'll see. And like I said, they will go by the rankings for the most part. If you're number one, they will look at, see what you're doing, whatever. Val's, like, for instance, going to end up being number one in the division, which is going to be odd to see. But, you know, then Manon will probably get pushed down number two. And then Tali Santos, number three. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and they'll probably bump everybody down because of that. So, um, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I hate I, what I would like to have done. Like, like you know, like I, I don't. I'm not necessarily because they're trying to pattern it. They keep telling themselves because they they say that they're uh, P 
PFL, they say that they're a, uh, a damn league. To me, you can't be a league. A promotion can't be a league. Now, UFC, because of Fight Pass and all those promotions that are under Fight Pass, are basically kind of under UFC, I can see them being a one, you know, one league show. Because, you know, they essentially function like a league in a way because you have LFA fighters going up against Bellator fighters. You got, well, I'll keep it within the Fight Pass motif. They, they have LFA fighters going up against Cage, uh, cage Warriors fighters. You know what I mean? They got CFFC fighters facing off against um, Invictus no longer under Fight Pass. But you you, sound, you get my point. Like, they essentially had, because that's how it should go. That's how it is in boxing. Like, it's one fighter from one promoter going up against a fighter from another promoter. And with the leagues, you got one division facing off against another division. You know, you have your North, NFC North going up against, you know, South. And you go from there, AFC versus NFC. You see what I'm saying? Like that, one promotion can't do that, especially not no PFL. They don't even have enough fighters for all that nonsense. But um, I do like that, like, and another thing I don't like about PFL, if you don't, you can't, you get injured or whatever, you're done pretty much. You know, or if you lose, you're pretty much done. Like, I, you know. What I would like them for them to do is go, is function like a league, function like, say, NFL, where everyone, you know, season starts, everyone fights. Everyone gets scheduled to fight. Nobody's sitting at home, none of that stuff. You have to fight. Everyone's going to fight, you got to fight. And then they keep tabs on who won and then do kind of a bracket thing like that. And then people kind of sort of can start guessing like, well, you know, kind of like college. You know, well, we know this person won and that person won. So, you know, two months from now, they're probably going, you know, three months from now, whatever. They're probably going to face each other. Like no matter how much time it collapses, unless something happens, they pretty, you know, have the people where they face off against each other. Um, perfect example, like, um, like a man, like uh, you have Habash just won, right? She took out uh, Seven Frank in that division. Okay, so um, you know, perfect example. So she took out uh, Viviani, who was at number eight. Law Murphy's not doing anything. She'll be next, you know, her boss fights Murphy. Okay. Um, when they switch everything around, Grasso's the champ, everyone will get pushed down again. So you probably have Chukagan above Law Murphy. So one of those three, even though I think that, and, and I'm sure Law Murphy wouldn't mind fighting Chukagan again in, in, a, in a rematch, get that W, you know, try to get a W. But that's what I mean, like, you soundly. You know, you write, you know, you know, okay, one of those three is going to face each other next. Not some random ass, hey, you free? Okay, this person's free. Like, I hate that. I hate that. You know what I mean? What are we, what are we supposed to do with that? Like, um, Macy Barber's fighting Andre Lee. You have Jennifer Meyer fighting, fighting um, Casey O'Neill at number um, 10, well, 11. Casey O'Neill is 11, Jennifer Meyer is number 8. So now we know whoever wins. Okay, Viviani just got taken out. Uh, uh, Habash should be in that spot. So now, you know, what I mean, we know those those group of individuals. We do the bracket. We can do the bracket. Start with them. Whoever wins, all right, y'all. One of y'all are going to face off against the other, and it's just going to be y'all. You know, what I mean, out of the three, three, two people going to face each other. The one that's left, it's going to face Murphy or whoever's above them. You know, and then it, it just goes like that. So this way, Tracy Cortez knows that, okay, either face the loser who lost, whoever ends up ranked above her, 
or boom, she's going to be whoever wins the world that, boom. And she goes, all that kind of stuff. Because Calvillo has a fight, same thing. She has a fight coming up. She wins, boom. You know, like, like you're keeping tabs on Miranda. This way Miranda Maverick will know, oh, okay, let me look at who's going to win. Boom. And two months from now, I better get ready because I'm going to be up fighting. You see what I'm saying? Like, I would like a tournament, a like kind of understated, on you know, tournament style, but it's not forced on the fighters. You know, um, but all of them know this is how it's working. You know, like the UFC is pretty much January to mid-December. So they know from January to mid-December, okay, what's what we sorting out? You know, so I would kind of, I wouldn't mind like a se- like it to function like a season, which a football season, for instance, does function like a tournament. I mean, all of the leagues, the actual leagues, they func- do function tournament style. But, it, you know, um, you know, MMA, you got to be a little bit more flexible. That's no reason why I like the force tournament. But I wouldn't mind a, a kind of tournament kind of season style that PFL is trying to do. But it has to involve everyone. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't work out like that. But... Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, and I think we get better fights, more consistency, and then the fighters know so better preparation because they have an idea. Okay, this might fight might not happen, but those are who I might be in line with fighting next. No arguments, no debates, no ifs ands or buts about it. So, but yeah. All right. So let me ask him a man, Mister B's question, and while I do that go on and break down some one championship so one championship is doing their one friday fights that comes on uh if you're on the east coast if you're in america i guess if you're uh west coast you you send in the afternoon but us on the east coast we're sending early in the morning 7 30 in the morning i love early morning violence people so that's the one friday fights and then before the one prime ones were coming on, first it was Friday evening and then it was Saturday evening. I don't know if that will continue because um, I don't know what's going on for April because they keep talking about their May card. Uh, that's Friday. So it looks like maybe prime stuff will stay on Friday. The one with Demetrius Johnson it's going to headline. It's going to be uh, debuting in America. I might try to go Colorado. Ooh, I don't know. Ugh, I don't know about that. But I mean, Stamp Demetrius Johnson. Ooh, that's hard to resist, man. That is hard to resist. And May weather be nice, man. Hard to pass up. My man, Mr. B at Mr. B, at same old B at Mr. B, nineteen eighty six. Yeah, easily have that memorized. He was asking about Nisa Mexican. My thoughts on Nisa Mexican leaving one championship. That was his question on the timeline. Um, well, did she? Well, my first question was, did she even tell one championship that she was leaving? The way she's been acting lately, I doubt they even knew that she was leaving. Uh, I really don't have official confirmation, but you know, we did know. We do know that she signed with one um, uh, Aries FC. She does have a. Speaking of May, she has a fight scheduled. May the 11th, uh, I believe it's going to be her debut. Um, it's crazy. It's absolutely insane. Okay, so folks out there, who is Anissa Mexican? Who the hell are we talking about? Why is she important? She is um, 
by far one of the best female Muay Thai fighters on the planet right now. You cannot discuss, I don't, right now, as it stands, I do not, me, Mr. B, nobody's going to entertain a conversation with anyone talking about Muay Thai without bringing her up. I we don't I don't hear about no dudes. Nobody wants to hear about no dudes. Oh, just the men, you know, old talk men and stuff. Then we need to take your we need you to take your ass on somewhere. If you want those people, we need you to shut up. You can't discuss Muay Thai without knowing who Anisa Mexon is. Anisa Mexon, she is thirty-four years old, French Algerian kickboxer. Well, it's called kickboxer, but we know her as a Muay Thai practitioner. She is reigning. ISK World K1 Bantamweight Champion, reigning WAKO World K1 Bantamweight Champion, okay? She fights at 115, the fight between her and Stan Veritex. You know, they call it Adam Weight, but over there at one championship, it's 115. She's former two-time Glory Super Bantamweight Champion and former WPMF World Muay Thai Flyweight Champion. She's also former French, European, and world savat champion, WBC Muay Thai as uh, number one superweight, super bantamweight back in 2020. Okay, she's combat press range as a number one pound for pound female fighter in the world. That was back in 2020. Do you listen, 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 listen to me. Okay. When you talk about best strikes, she's crossing over into MMA. She will be the best striker. She, If she succeeds in MMA, I, I have my doubts. Once she does three or four, if she becomes a full-time MMA fighter, which is seems like that's what's going to happen, I'll explain in a second. Yeah, that's that's your bad. I don't want to hear about Val. I don't want to hear about Nunez. I don't want to hear about no, it's, it's her. That's it. Plain and simple. Okay. Um, she didn't face Stamp, so I don't know. Now, speaking of Stamp. So back in January, I believe it was January the 14th. So we had, uh, it was a fight. That was supposed to be scheduled between her and Stan Ferretet. Mixed rules fight. Okay. Just like the Demetrius Rotang fight. So you had Muay Thai. Oh, well, you had, uh, yeah, Muay Thai starting out. That would be the first round. Second round, mixed martial arts. Third round, Muay Thai. And then the third round, mixed martial arts. So, you know, with Demetrius, we knew if he could survive the first round, then, you know, he's pretty much going to win the mixed martial arts round. Uh, I wasn't too sure about Stant Fairtech doing the same thing as Demetrius Johnson because she's not the wrestler that Demetrius is, and she counters more than she uh, is offensively with her jiu-jitsu. Uh, and she's, she, you know, she's damn, you know, two-time, you know, she's, well, well two-division, two-sport was your three-sport champion. Okay, so what happened? So now you understand. Okay, you already know, y'all already should know who Stan Fairtech is. I don't care how much of a filthy casual you are. Please do not address me if you don't know who Stan Fairtech is. Even my most casual friends know who Stan Fairtech is, goddammit. Okay, I, I I can excuse everything else. If you don't know who Rotang is, it's okay, fine. But you, you need to know who goddamn Stan Fairtech is. I, I don't want, I'm not tolerating that, okay? That's why I draw the line with the casualness. Even my most casual people know who Stan Fairtech is. Okay, so I have to explain that. Anissa Maxson, okay, now you know who she is. So she was complaining a long time that she should be up for the title. One championship Muay Thai title. Now she was, she was calling out Janet Todd for a long time before Janet got the belt. If I remember, I don't understand that, but yeah. You know. Oh, oh, cause Alicia, Alicia, I'm sorry. 
Alicia Rodriguez was pregnant. So I guess it was like, let's just fight Janet Todd. Do kickboxing, the hell with it. Janet Todd, what she did was she messed around and said, okay, look, Rodriguez is out. What about an interim title? So um, when championship obliged, said, okay, go ahead and do it. Janet Todd becomes the interim Muay Thai champion. So she is the current one championship weight kickboxing champion and the interim Muay Thai champion. So they do this matchup. Now, we know one championship is doing this matchup because, they, you know, they want to save fight for Stamp. Goes into the mixed martial arts round. Don't know about her winning Muay Thai versus Anissa Mason. So they have an MMA round saying, hopefully, you know, hoping that their Golden Goose Stamp Fairtech wins. That's really what that was all about. So week of the fight, Anissa Mexican pulls a no call, no show. Doesn't show up at the pros, at the press conference. Very big deal over at one championship, same as it is at the UFC. Could you imagine? The, you know, Holly Holm didn't show up, Ronda Rousey for the press conference, just, just didn't show up. Imagine how that would have went. So Stamps out there by herself. No word from Anissa Mexican. The only thing that we knew was that, you know, it was word that she had emer- Anissa Mexican had a emer- family emergency and she couldn't make it. So comes time for weigh-ins Thursday, our time. Anissa Mexican is no place, nowhere to be found. And Stan Fairtech, no one knows what's going on. So Stan goes ahead and weighs in. So she's up there. She has to go. Take off all, you know, take off all the clothes, get the, the, you know, the cover of shame to weigh in and hit 115 on on notes. Still no word from Anissa Mexican. Next thing you know, his fight day. No word from Anissa Mexican. So Stan Fairtech is out there. She's wondering what's going to happen. They scramble around and make, and when I talk about a last minute fight, I'm talking about, if I remember correctly, it was fight day when they made this fight. So like, because um, her girlfriend, Supergirl, her name is Anna Supergirl Jarunzek. Okay, 19 years old. Muay Thai fighter. A good friend of Stan Fairtech. She used to be, Anna used to be, um, used to train over at Fairtech Gym. Her and her sister, Wonder Girl, they used to train over at Fairtech Gym. Now they went back to, I believe their family gym is the Jarunzek, Jarunzek Gym. She's good friends with Stan Fairtech. You figure, hey, man, good friends, both of them, both the sisters fight in the uh, what they call their 125 division, what they call it strawweight. They fight in that division, so Stan ain't have to worry about fighting facing either one of them. And um, Wonder Girl crossed over into MMA, so that keeps her from fighting off her, fighting her own sister. She does her MMA while Supergirl does her thing as far as the Muay Thai goes. And next thing you know, it's like, well, look, uh, Wonder Girl, Supergirl's uh, opponent, Ectorina, she misses weight. She stone cold misses weight. So, and Supergirl's like, nah, I'm not fighting her. She missed weight? No. So she needs an opponent too. So they put those two together. So here Stamp is fighting her girlfriend who is massive. She's five foot eight. Anna, Supergirl, is five foot eight. So we got someone who's the height of Michelle Waterson facing off against someone who's the same height as, you know, Mano. Okay, or... Holly Holm. Like I said, Joe Waterson essentially facing the Holly Holm. That's the size difference that we're talking about here. And, and Supergirl hits like a truck, and all she does is move forward. So I knew this 19-year-old, even though she loves Stan Fairtech and Stan was kind of an elder, because of that, even though Stan's only like 25, still, 
you know, that's kind of her elder, that's Supergirl's elder. I know she would have respect for Stamp, but she's trying to take her elder out. All that friendship is going to get washed. I can see Stamp taking easy on Supergirl. Supergirl's not going to take it. And plus, Supergirl only has one speed, only one mode, and that is moving forward and throwing bombs. She's like she's like a Muay Thai Amanda Nunes, you know what I mean? Her debut fight was a knockout. She struggled versus uh, Barbie, but, you know, it's because she kept, all she knows how to do is move forward. Like, she's getting beat up, and she just resets when she finally got to her senses, and she just moves forward and gets hit again because it's the only thing she knows how to do. So Stamp is in a very tough predicament. I think the whole thing is, I think, to me, brother uh, Anissa Maxson's, her actions were disrespectful, especially for a Muay Thai fighter. That is the most offensive thing that a Muay Thai fighter can, anyone can do. Anyone can do. But especially, I mean, if you if you work at a crummy job, then by all means, do a no call, no show, and don't show up ever again. The hell with that crummy ass job. But this is Muay Thai. This is a career. This is what she is. And we're talking about a Muay Thai champion. That's my problem. Like, she knows better. Compound that with the fact that with one championship, getting a hold of Lupini Stadium, they're the end-all and be-all to Muay Thai. Doesn't matter who it is. Guess what? Valentina goes back to Muay Thai, she'll have to fight. She might as well just go over to one championship and sign a contract because she can't show up at no Lupini Stadium without signing a contract with one championship now. Everyone has to sign with all those Muay Thai fighters that were already fighting there. All those Lupini Stadium champions, all of them, will end up going to one championship and God forbid they didn't, you know, they didn't piss off Chatry the way that Anissa did. Could you imagine being a Muay Thai fighter and not being able to go to Lupini? So Anissa Mexican crossing over in May, she really doesn't have a choice in the matter because she can't go no place else unless it's back to where she was. You know, she has to go back. She can't it's not an advancement, basically. It's like being stuck in LFA or, or Cage Warriors. Well, not Cage Warriors, but LFA and CFSC. Like, you're stuck in those promotions because you can't go back to the UFC because there's no place else for you to go because it's the end-all and be-all. That's how Lupini Stadium is. <laughs> That's how important that it's Thailand. You know what I mean? That's how it's just, it's you know, this is Muay Thai. Like, that's the most important region, most important area, most important to Muay Thai. And she screwed the whole thing up. To me, I don't doubt that... Oh, why did she do it? So then it was first it was, okay. she's sick. Then the why she did it, she claims that the fight between her and Stamp was as far as she she read the contract. And apparently on a contract, it says that the fight was going if it ended in a, uh, a if it ended in the decision, it was going to be ruled if they couldn't beat each other all four rounds and it ended in a decision that they were going to rule it a no contest. So there's not actually a winner. I had heard that they were going to schedule them to fight again, but it was going to be Muay Thai and they were going to challenge for the title. That's not a reason to pull a no call, no show. Does she not have the confidence and that she can't beat Stamp? I don't understand it. Just not Stamp out. What's the problem? You know, so she really didn't have all that faith in her skills. I just think it's rank stupidity. There's no way I would do anything like this. It's Stamp Fairtech. First of all, Stamp is a, in terms of Adamweight, she's everything in Adamweight, in women's Adamweight. She's everything. She's a Grand Prix champion. She's a former Muay Thai and kickboxing champion. Anissa has to go through Stamp no matter what. 
first of all, she should have had the balls. You heard me. The balls, the backbone. She should have put on her big girl underwear and went and called Stamp on the phone or something and told her what the problem was. If all that's true, she should have went to Stamp and been like, hey, little Stamp, you know, have you read this contract? Like, the fight's going to end in a no contest. We don't need a no contest on our record. Like, yo, let's let's figure something out. Let's figure something out. Or tell her, like, yo, I'm not, I'm not fighting. I'm straight, I'm strictly pulling no call, no show. Yo, stop, don't cut right, weight. Stop cutting weight. Don't cut weight. I'm not doing this. This is bull. You know, or they both know and they both go to chat for like, yo, fix this. That's what she should have did. That would have been a big girl thing to do. That would have been a grown thing to do. You know, like put on your big girl pants and, um, you know, big your big girl panties and, and, you know, grow a backbone and step to the boss and be like, nah, you don't, you don't do this. So, I, you know, I don't know what her future is going to be. At 34 years old, I don't see her because uh, my man, Mr. B, mentioned about uh, he couldn't wait to see her in one, uh, UFC. I don't know. You know, Dana might call her up just out of spite. <laughs> just out of spite. But at 34 years old, I doubt she gets the call from the UFC. And it really depends on how she fares over in Aries FC. Aries FC, from what I understand, has a stringent contract. So, I, I, you know, good for her because that's French, French organization. So, you know, it works out for Anissa. But, yeah, I, she's probably going to be stuck there, brother. I could see her maybe going to LFA or, or you know what I mean? I don't, I don't know. Bellator might pick her up. But they don't have one fifth. They don't have one fifteen. They got one twenty. Well, they featured one fifteen. You know, on an amateur for a, a couple of amateurs like Benson Henderson's wife. But um, yeah, I haven't seen them officially do one fifteen. It's mostly one twenty five. Um, I I don't know. I don't. I, first of all, I don't even like her chances in the MMA. Thirty four years old. She claims she you know trained. I guess grappling, whatever. You know, when we see t- we see Stamp prove that she trains, even Wonder Girl t- proved that she uh, trains. Nisa, I don't know. And then this kind of ego, this kind of just warped kind of mental, I don't know. Um, I just think that's weird. But anyway, that's my. I, we'll see, brother. We'll we'll see. You know, um, it would be nice that if she had decent grappling, to have her in, you know, UFC and teach these women what striking is all about because <laughs> they don't know she she is a top dog when it comes to striking but thank you so much for the question brother uh we'll see we'll see what happens all right so one championship okay this was friday fight seven we had uh summer sam ming dam luke swan uh flyweight muay thai drop uh sukuru ru your yeah. Jeruyev, Muay Thai, who's a 31 and a one, dropped him with a leg kick in the first and again in the second, rightfully won by majority decision. Good stuff there. Uh, we had a main fight, women's Adam Waite. Uh, so Yoke Kim at Adam Waite and uh, six and one connected with uh, punches. Went, well, at the 6-1 at the time, proved the 7-1. Uh, went for the takedown, and yeah, listen, she, man, 
Uh, my man, Mr. B, I know he saw this already. But for y'all out there, we saw what we saw on the day was a it was a guillotine. It's a guillotine, but it was off of her back. So yo Kim um, got the finish over Suris uh, Manfredi. I don't remember. Uh. And she uh, she's a French Muay Thai fighter who fought in Lupini Stadium. We had Lisa Lisa. Barilli, Bree Early, yeah, there we go. Catch weight at 110. They have these weight classes, man. One championship to drive me crazy, man. I wish they would just have the regular, like, Americans, not American style, but I wish they would have the regular MMA um, weight class situation set up over there. First of all, with Muay Thai and kickboxing, do cruiserweight, do the in-between weights. This is ridiculous. You can do that for Muay Thai and kickboxing. But if you're going to have everything kind of MMA rules, for God's sakes, man, just have an actual atom weight division. Have an actual 105 atom weight division and 115 straw weight. Change it. <sighs> I can't. I hate that because it's catch weight at 110. You know what I'm saying? Like, why is it even catch weight? Well, well what was the weight supposed to be? Uh, do 105. Have an actual anyway, I don't know. Anyway, right hand to the chin. I believe it was one minute, 60 seconds. Mitch didn't even interview. Oh, that, that guillotine. The guillotine was right hand to the chin. I believe the whole thing was one minute, 90 seconds. No, no, no. Yeah, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm getting this is the Muay Thai fight. I'm sorry. So Mitch didn't interview Soyo Kim, but he did interview Lisa Bizarre. Mm, got the 350, 350K bot. And that was over Rune Napar, poor Moon Petchi. You know, this gym, uh, yeah, that gym was, it hasn't been doing too well here. Arash Mardani got a yellow card for, I believe he's the one that got the yellow card for grabbing the gloves twice. Um, I like the yellow card over at one championship. I do. Uh, I like the one, I like the yellow card thing. Sometimes they pull out too fast. You know, it's like, look, man, let them, let them, you know, Cause they really did once. Oh, cause people were complaining about like UFC. They they were standing fighters up too fast. Man, look, one championship. They don't play that. You will get your ass up. You would do something. And the the referee yells out, "Work to the finish." And that's what you MMA fighters, whatever, whether it's MMA, kickboxing, Muay Thai, it doesn't matter. To me, that's what they should be doing. Work toward the finish. Stop talking about some robbed of a decision. It's silliness to me. Uh, got the um. More, more, Memor June, John, Kamadov, he got the decision win. Lawrence Phillips, this was heavyweight MMA. Th oh my God, two day. You know my my issues with John Jones aside, man. Thank I boy, I can tell y'all how happy I was that he finished the fight. And here, Lawrence Phillips, man, twenty eight years old, belly to belly style suplex takedown not ben parker imagine right imagine if you watch pro wrestling or have watched pro wrestling imagine belly belly i'm talking about straight up belly and belly except not the the turn to the side the clean turn to the side not the running like you run up against the ring rolls and then run in the boom now he just scooped him up tossed him down like i said belly to belly style suplex takedown 
as soon as he landed, not Ben Parker out cold. Uh, it has to be the fastest KO at one. Seriously, it was like a few seconds. I think they, they stood there, boom, threw a little bit, and boom, hit him. So he improves to 2-0. Yep, rank amateurs right here, Ben Parker. And it was a 40-pound difference. Ben Parker had a 40-pound weight advantage uh, and couldn't do nothing with it. He falls to 1-1, one and, one, and that was MMA. Elias Musayev. Y'all heard of him before. Muay Thai, good performance. A little salty at the end, uh, you know, but little, he went up against Yu Fapa, Wendam Dev, and that was, uh, that's been, again, Bantamweight MMA. I seen the gas in the last round, but great performance. Uh, the knockdowns counted. And we had Riti Rit, Rit, Deck, Sore, Samaya. Catch weight at 132. I don't understand. You just have regular weight classes and that's make them actual banner weight. God damn, man. 82 and 7. He walked in with that record. <sighs> I know I gotta get past that. <laughs> Samming Dom. Chor. Ajua Boone. And he came in at 58 and 31, came out swinging. To me, this was an upset. Uh, Two-hand combo, ref stop, stops the fight. Got the 350 bot bonus, so he improved. I guess, I think that's his record. Uh, he improved to 59 and 31. Uh, and I apologize. Like, some of these records I need to check over again. Uh, Yuli Alves, man, she, she, was, she was having problems. She was in Brazil, Brazil. Okay, strawweight Muay Thai. Okay, she does MMA. Apparently was a former model. Switched over into the combat sports. Muay Thai, 13 first round KOs, if I recall correctly. Uh, four MMA fights. I got to check that. Uh, I believe she's 28-14. Got it. You know, I'm sorry. I apologize. I got to check all that stuff. But got the win by split decision, man. I thought she was done. Thought she was done. That was uh, Quan Jai, Sor Jarun. Oh, no, wait, 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 no. no. Oh, yeah, yeah, I thought it was catch weight, but it's, it, it, they went on and put it down as straw weight. Um, and that, and she had defeated Anissa Mexon. Oh, so they won championship. You can go ahead, Anissa Mexon. We don't need you. We got the woman who beat you. But uh, she got beat. She stayed in boxing range, you know, too long, and I uh, got pieced up, especially in the second. It came out aggressive in the third, but wasn't enough. Pet, okay, Pet Bonra, Pet Bonra, Jitmong Nan. There we go. You know him. You know that gym. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. He was formerly of that gym. Now he's with Sigma. I'm sorry, he was formerly, I, I, man, sorry about that. He was formerly of that gym. Now he's not with that gym anymore. So I was about to say, you know, that's the same gym of uh, Iron Man. Uh, this one was catchweight. Yep, that wet word again. That damn word again, boy. One championship, man. Goodness, boy. They drive me crazy with this. It's like the way, the, so here's the story about that, right? So, um, he Chatry claimed that he did the weight class as a weight class up, 
And then they do their, they do weigh-ins and then they do hydration where they, I guess they check the urine. And, uh, and I'll tell you what, it's been working. It, well, well, it doesn't really work because they don't have the, so in other words, if you can't, because, uh, man, I forget which fight it was, but wait, basically the ladies couldn't, one of the girls couldn't make, was struggling to make weight. She had to do it three times. That to me is unhealthy. So she's doing the hydration and the weigh-ins three times. She ends up making weight. I believe it won the fight, but my thing is like, if you got the next weight class, right? Just have them move up the next weight class and not worry about that. Like if, you know, uh, I'm a flyweight and one at a UFC can't, you know, they're struggling, just you can do catch weight or you could say, well, look, you're going to fight at, at bantamweight. This, we're going to make this a bantamweight fight. Like, like, um, when, Michelle Waterson faced off against her, her uh, Marina Rodriguez. They were like, look, you know what I mean? We'll do this last minute fight, but look here, we, we're not going to cut weight. Both of them agreed that from the door, like, hey, ain't nobody cutting no weight. It's last minute. We'll come in to work. We'll punch in, but we, we ain't cutting no goddamn weight. So they went on and made it a flyweight fight. It was like, okay, what about 125? And they, they both made 125. And, you know, they made it a flyweight fight. You see what I'm saying? Like, just automatically do that. That's my beef for one championship. They don't do that. This all Mac list is catchweight fight when many times this could be a weight class above. That's the one thing I liked about the the uh, Supergirl versus uh, Stamp fight because they made that 125. So now Stamp gets credited for fighting in kickboxing at 125. It's a small thing, but I'm tired of the kids. How does that help anybody per division? You know what I'm saying? Then my issue with one championship is a lot of these fights don't necessarily have to be catch weight like 113 that just make it straw weight you know what so what they come in under who cares if they come in under i just i never understood who cares if they come in under i don't care like it's over that's the problem but uh signion sog e nam sog e gum now he's Jetmana. He came down with the Black Panther mask on, but my man needed some vibranium. He, he he got blasted. So yeah, yeah, my man was on. He was struggling. He was on a struggle. Then we had Riddick, uh Sugarit going up against Rit Naka, Jor Bor Jor Nakan. Punam. <sighs> also, a catch weight. <laughs> no glove touch. You know, um, I mean, you know, it's, I don't know. You know, it's more time. I mean, it's like, come on, man. Dude, just touch gloves, man. Because, you know, you get knocked out and you looking like a fool. But I uh, got the split decision when, you know, uh, the knockdowns worked. Another fight where the knockdowns worked. And, uh, we had, oh, and of course, the, the main was uh, Rambalek, Chor, Adula Boon. And yes, yep, can you guess what I'm about to say? That was that catch weight, also. 143. Who cares, man? Who can make it featherweight? Call it featherweight, don't call it anything else. Who cares, man? It came in underweight. Make it featherweight, damn it. Make it featherweight. God. Damn, man. Theater. <laughs> Theater deck chore. Hapuyak. 
Oh, my God. I know. I know. I sound like a bitter old man, right? Both Thailand versus Thailand. Right hook from hell. Second round. One girl was screaming her ass off. He got the 350 uh, Rombolek. Got the 350K bot bonus. That what, man, listen. The knockouts over there. You know, it's supposed to be mixed martial arts by Milliken, right? So I'm supposed to be trying to do an evaluation at the end of the year. Who my picks are for the number one KO uh, submission of the year and all that kind of stuff. Man, I might have to include some of this stuff, man. These knockouts, boy goodness if you want to see carnage if you just want to see pure brutality you have youtube is your friend you have to check out one championship on youtube all right folks that is it thank you for joining me today for recaps news I call it Recap and Repent. I'm going to get a new name one of these days. Don't worry. Suspect Picks will be back. Same bat time. Same bat channel. Don't forget to check out The Late Show. The best show in town. Instagram. Twitter. The blog spot. Just type it up and you can find all the finest female going. And you can submit listener questions through Instagram. Hit me up in the DMs at the bottom when you see leave a message or leave a comment. There's that microphone icon. You can press that and hit, it will record your voice just talking to your phone. You can leave audio that way. You can also hit me up at MMABobMilliken at gmail.com. If you have a voice recorder app on your device, just push that little red button, start recording, talk right into your phone. You know, don't make the message too long because I think uh, the files have to be less than 20 megabytes long. But yeah, when you when you end it, you'll see the share icon, share it, boom, hit email, send the file to me. Or like I said, hit me up in the DMs on Twitter and Instagram. That's it. You guys take care. Hope everyone stays safe, stay strong and stay positive. Take care.